It's not going to happen overnight. Let's be clear about that. And it's not just going to happen with one thing. Hello, my name is Gabriella Denry, MD, life coach at Doc Working, and I am here with my fabulous co-host, Jill Farmer, the other co-lead coach at Doc Working. And welcome to Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to move from languishing to thriving in a post-COVID world. So Jill, talk to us about what is languishing? <laughs> is it the same as depression? What is it? Languishing is a term. It's not the same as depression, but it's a term that's used in psychology. And Adam Grant, who's a great organizational psychologist and just a really interesting guy, wrote an article in the New York Times recently about languishing in this post-COVID world that has a lot of people's attention. And languishing is when we're in that space where we're just kind of treading water, right? Things are not totally going wrong. We're not in that state where we are, where we have severe depression, anxiety, where maybe we feel frozen, or it's really hard for us to do the activities of daily life. Languishing is more, we are going through the motions of the activities of daily life, but there's not much spice or spark or anything that feels particularly vibrant about it. And it doesn't mean anything terrible is wrong, but it isn't particularly a state that most of us want to stay in for long periods of our life. It's not the most enriching place for us to live our lives in that space of languishing. And it's really understandable after COVID, because so many people had such big disruptions and had to make such big changes, or were dealing with just kind of perpetual stressors in their lives, particularly physicians for just a variety of reasons, either work became really overwhelming or work really slowed down to the point where there are potentially financial concerns and other things. And so as we're kind of easing out of some of the biggest disruptors and concerns from the height of the pandemic, we're finding ourselves just kind of like, okay, yeah, I made it but I'm just kind of here now. So that's what we mean by languishing. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's different than depression. It's just kind of, as you said, people are still functioning. You're still able to go through the motions of life. It's not complete unhappiness, but it's not happy either. It's kind of that weird middle stuckness of maybe a loss of meaning for what is going on. You know, where's my purpose? I think you're right. The pandemic has just shifted everything for just about the entire world. And physicians find themselves in a particular situation, you know, from caring for people to switching to telehealth, to revamping their practices, to trying to function in this world as we're still, I don't know, do we call this post-COVID right now? Or are we still kind of transitioning to that? And there's still a lot of uncertainty ahead. And so I think that uncertainty is probably one of the contributors to languishing and to feeling a little lost, perhaps, you know, that the aim is not quite there. And so now that we have a definition of languishing versus depression or anxiety, what can someone do about it? What would be some of the steps that someone can take to really kind of break that pattern? First of all, the opposite kind of, if we're in languishing mode, what do we want to move toward? And I think to define that. So for a lot of people, it's thriving or flourishing, right? Don't we love it when we're flourishing? And one of the first steps is to kind of just take an assessment for yourself. Am I languishing? <laughs> so we kind of know, because if you're not really in that space, then you don't have to worry about it. Different psychologists have had different opinions on how to do that assessment. One of the lead psychologists at Yale that talks a lot about sort of living a happy life says, just ask yourself the question, does it feel like I'm languishing <laughs> or flourishing? Also, if you Google, Harvard has a 10-question assessment 
on languishing. It's a really easy way to just answer these questions to sort of help you kind of find your place on the compass for where you are. So assessing where you are is a really great place to start, as well as kind of doing that exercise that you and I have talked about a lot, which is whether you draw a circle on a piece of paper and say, you know, what's in my control, I'm going to put that in the middle of the circle. (laughs) What's out of my control, I'm going to put on the outside of the circle. And getting a little bit of a reconfiguration to remember what you have agency over and what you don't. It's what you often call putting yourself kind of metaphorically back in the driver's seat. Yes, putting yourself back in the driver's seat and yes, getting an assessment, especially if you've been in a situation where things are overwhelming or out of control or it feels like it's out of control, to really being able, one, put it down on paper, get it out of your head, that way you're not spending time ruminating over it, that it really is just right in front of your eyes. And then number two, I think, Jill, the circle exercise, we've talked about that a lot as well, I think is a very powerful way to kind of say, okay, what is it that really needs my attention? And what doesn't as a way to kind of reset and start re-engaging. And so there are other kind of quick tools that people can use to break that pattern of languishing because there is a risk. The longer you stay in it, I think the science has also showed that there's an increased risk of leading to major depression and anxiety as a result of staying in that state too long. So it is important if you are languishing and you've made that assessment and it's like, yeah, I'm kind of in that blah place where Things are okay, they're moving, but I don't feel fulfilled or great about it. So things like physical activity, physical tasks. We talked about connecting with people, which is actually very easy to do and can be done today to make it your project to connect with someone. Let's say it's an old med school classmate you haven't spoken to in 20 years. Maybe it's a family member that you want to check in on, see what happened to them through the pandemic. It could be any number of people. And I've suggested that to people as probably the first and easiest thing to not only break out of that pattern for yourself, but you're also in service to others. In other words, they get to benefit from your voice and checking in on you. Oh, I haven't heard from you in a while. So these kind of little easy things that can jumpstart moving from languishing to thriving, to feel that energy right here, right now, cleaning out a closet, engaging your mind, because right now you're engaging yourself in brooding when you're languishing, you're in your own head. So if you project outward, if you go outward out of yourself might be a way to kind of break that pattern. What do you think? What would be other tools that someone can use to start even today, like right now, after they listen to this podcast that they can do to start breaking the pattern of this kind of listlessness? I don't know if that's the right word. I think that's a great word. Yeah. Two biggies you've already named community and some form of physical exercise. I mean, I'm not even talking about going out and getting in shape. I'm just saying moving your body. We know for a fact that has a huge impact on our brain and can help really sort of shift gears, right? To use the term from the old friend's song, always stuck in second gear. (laughs) Moving your body is a way to be able to get it into a different gear. As you said, when we're ruminating, a lot of times that means we're thinking backwards about things that have already happened that we can't change. Or our brains conversely also tend to project forward scary stories about things we can't control or that haven't happened yet. So that practice of being here now, being in the present moment, that's another really important thing. As you said, it's just another nuance of getting us out of that place of being stuck in our head. We know that acts of kindness of any form psychologically have been shown, it's called the Mother Teresa effect, to increase our mood. That benevolence is not just a nice thing to do. It's the right thing to do, I think, for most of us from a values-based perspective, but it also has a really good psychological benefit. So doing something kind for somebody else 
can be a really important way for you to move out of languishing. And then, of course, one of the areas of your expertise, which is creativity, doing anything that sparks that creative part of your brain really helps with languishing. And I know you can tell us some more about that. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line with creativity and with anything, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be good at it. Just engage in the world in a different way. And I think I would add to that, Jill, all your points are perfect. And how do you use your curiosity to, again, also break that pattern and get those creative juices flowing? Certain things you may have thought of doing or engaging in and you're not quite sure or I don't have time. But again, your purpose is to break that languishing pattern. It's not so much about whether it's one more thing to do. It really just is a bottom line self-care issue, a self-care, self-love, self-compassion that you're exercising at that point. And so, you know, clearing out a desk, clearing out a closet, (laughs) engaging in a creative activity, connecting with friends and family or with old colleagues, reaching out to people, acts of service without it being, oh, I'm in service, but really just to say, you know, it is a good idea psychologically and otherwise, as you point out, Jill, to do something good for someone else because it feels good to do something good for someone else. And so I think we went through a pretty good list of ways that you can break that cycle of languishing and just kind of jumpstart moving into thriving. It's not going to happen overnight. Let's be clear about that. And it's not just going to happen with one thing. (laughs) So it's what speaks to you and do you want to commit to something around it? Gratitude practice. Okay, I'm going to now create a goal around connecting with people. Perhaps I'll connect with someone I haven't spoken to in a while. I'm going to find three people a week to connect to, to check in on and see how they're doing and see what the effect is over time. And mindfulness is the same way. The effect is immediate, but it is better over time. In other words, small, tiny steps over an extended period of time will probably have a bigger benefit than just a one-time, one-off thing. So is there anything else you wanted to add? Beautifully said. I think the metaphor I would use is taking all those little steps, moving your body, connecting with other people, doing something that kind of gives you a change of scenery, even within your own house, cleaning out the closet, doing something that serves other people. All those pieces, think of them like planting seeds, right? You're planting seeds and then give it some time, you know, water those seeds, nurture. That's the self-care, take care of it. And then that's when the garden grows. That's when we get to that place of flourishing where we can harvest something meaningful and that just creates a shift. And also, congratulations. If you're here listening, you made it through a hell of a hard 18 months, my friends. And so take a second to give yourself some gratitude for yourself and give yourself some credit. Yeah, you're languishing, but that means you got through and you're here. And we really don't want to minimize that because this space is an important space to be in too. And it's part of the seasons of life and that ebb and flow cycle that we live through. So that's kind of my philosophical bit. As always, listening to your wisdom and learning from you, Gabriella Dennery, MD, one of the lead coaches at Doc Working is a treat for all of us. I'm Jill Farmer. And we want to remind you, if you like this podcast, tell your friends and even better, jump on and give us a five-star rating. That really helps us be able to bring this to more people and to bring these ideas that can help people thrive and flourish who are physicians and doing such important work in the world. And if you haven't signed up yet, go over to docworking.com. We want to be able to send you information about coaching if you want it. We also want you to be able to learn about how to take our self-paced courses to help you thrive as well. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.
Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.